0: Welcome to the Nourished Woman podcast hosted by yours truly, Gabby Worsring, holistic nutritionist and passionate women's health educator. Together on this podcast, we are going to open up the conversation around hormones, holistic healing, relationships, self-development, and everything in between. So you can feel empowered, educated, and ready to take your health and life into your own hands. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're all doing well, and I hope you're making the best of the holiday season. I can't believe it's December 21st already. It's just wild. This year felt like the longest year of my life, but also went by really fast. It's a really weird sense of time this year. <laughs> um, but I really cannot wait to dive into today's topic. I had a few people asking about going off the birth control pill safely, You know how to avoid being pregnant, and all of that. So I know it's a really... Really common question and really common concern, actually. Like, I would say that's probably the number one concern most people have about coming off the pill, myself included. I've been off the pill now for four and a half years, somewhere around there. And um, it was the best decision that I ever made for myself, for my sanity, for my health, for my mental health. Like, I was a different person on, on synthetic hormones. And I think that we should all have the choice to avoid synthetic hormones if possible. And I just, I can't, I don't have enough good things to say about fertility awareness method and, you know, tracking your cycle and using that as fertility method, as well as just being empowered and and aware of your body and your health. So I am a huge, huge supporter of going off hormones. Of course, everyone is entitled to their own option, which is why I am pro-choice, but uh, a lot of us aren't really given that choice, unfortunately, at the doctor's office and, We also aren't given the side effects, the possible risks and long-term effects that birth control can cause. So my whole thing is just that we are aware of it, that we are empowered with information and we can make a educated decision for ourselves for our specific situation because there are times where it's necessary and where it's helpful Um, and some people do want to go on it. So no judgment there, but this episode is for those of you who want to come off the pill, but you're scared, you're worried and all of that. So I feel you. I've been there. When I was coming off the pill, I didn't really tell a whole lot of people. I really kept it to myself because uh, as a, how old was I? 20, 20. Oh my gosh. I'm turning 24 in January. So I was like a 20, 19. I think I was 19. I was almost 20. So I was 19. As a 19 year old in a relationship, obviously not ready to have a child. It's looked down upon to come off hormonal birth control, to come off the pill. Because we have been ingrained in us that that's your only option to control pregnancy. That you aren't able to take control of your own fertility and be your own method of birth control and and control it. So it's really horrible because this is a pretty new... like hormonal birth control is fairly new when you look at things. And I did a whole episode, if you go back to the beginning of my podcast, I did a whole episode on the history of birth control pill when it was legalized, legalized for non-married people. And it's really shocking the dates. Like it's wild. I'm pretty sure it was like 70, 1970 that it was legalized to unmarried women, but I could be wrong, but somewhere in the sixties and seventies. So it's really not that far off that that was legalized for unmarried women, which is so so frustrating and mind-blowing. But anyway, so women have been able to control their fertility and to be aware of their cycles for a very, very long time. And unfortunately, we've kind of reverted to this space where we don't properly educate women and people who menstruate. Um, on their cycles and what they look like, and and how fertility um, is only a small window of your cycle. We're told that we can get pregnant every single day of our cycle, and we're told that you know it's something we should fear, and that you know we can't control ourselves, which is far from the truth. So, um, first off, first thing that we need to understand is that you can only get pregnant uh, for a short window of your cycle. So. You, when you release an egg, it's only available to be fertilized for 24 hours. Um, the, the thing is though, is that sperm can live in, in you for up to five days. So if you have unprotected sex, uh, say on the Thursday, but you don't ovulate to the Saturday or Sunday, you could still get pregnant because that sperm could still be living inside you. Of course, there's different rates of you know it, how possible that is, but that is the window there. So you have about six, seven days where you are fertile and That's where you can get pregnant. So, that's where you want to use protection or abstain or do whatever else you want to do. Um, So, yeah, so that's a huge thing to understand first off, because I think when we understand that level of, okay, we can only get pregnant for this many number of days, so we can either have a backup protection like condoms, or we can abstain, uh, do other stuff that you want to do. And be able to pinpoint that and to be able to track your fertility and confirm ovulation. And once you confirm ovulation, you know that it's physically not possible for you to get pregnant for that second half of your cycle before your next period. So it's honestly amazing. And it's super, super empowering to be able to track your cycle and to be aware of what's going on because for most of us, we have had our cycles shut down for so long or we've just not really focused on what's going on in our cycle, or we just obsess over our periods and that's like our main focal point, when really ovulation is like the main focal point of our cycle. And so it's really important to be aware of that and understand each component of our cycle and how it works. So that's a really quick overview of generally, where what is our conception period, what is going on, and how can we track it? So you can track it from multiple different ways. You can track with your basal body temperature, You can track with cervical fluid. You can track with cervical position, which I don't really recommend. I started working with a fertility awareness instructor, which is what I highly recommend people do if you want to fully be confident and and, um, in tune with your body and learn properly of course you can teach yourself which is what I did for a number of years but it came to a point where I was like I want to be 100% confident in this I think I need a little bit extra support so I worked with, the, with an instructor and it was life changing she is fantastic fertility on Instagram and Megan's just amazing, like she is awesome. So, a little shout out to Megan. I will have her tagged in the show notes. You can go check her out, but she has a course where you can take the course. Then, she also has one on one sessions with you. And then, there is a Facebook group so you can ask questions and get feedback and all that kind of stuff. There's like little quizzes, and and you really it's like a full educational uh, situation. And you can also bring your partner to the calls too and get them involved. So it's honestly what I highly recommend if you are willing to invest a little money in it because it's not only investment in contraception, but also your health. And I'm sorry, but if you want to have sex and you can't afford to have a child, I think you can afford to invest a little bit in contraception. That's just my opinion. Um, so that is one thing I'd recommend. A really great book is Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. I love that book and i talked about it so many times on my Instagram because I love it. I've given, done giveaways with that book where I bought it for people and gave it away a few times because I just love it so much. Um, but that was a great way where I taught myself through that. Um, and there's so many different online resources. I also really love fertility awareness project on Instagram. Um, she is really awesome and she's actually teamed up with, um, Megan from fantastic fertility and they have a podcast too. So I will link all of it below, but they are really, really great resources and really great educators in this whole field. So anyways, I'll get back to that my point, but, um, I don't, uh, track cervical position. It does change in your cycle. Um, but I was taught that you really want to limit the number of fingers going up inside of you throughout the day, because that's a chance for more bacteria to be introduced into the body. So I avoid that. Um, but I do track cervical fluid and, um, basal body temperature. So basal body temperature you take every single morning, you just use a, a thermometer, make sure it has two decimal points, and you can really get like a super basic thermometer or you can invest in a more expensive one. So the thermometer on Amazon is one that a lot of my clients use. It's a little bit of a step up from just a basic one. Um, they're usually about 30 to $40 and then I personally use the temp drop which I also really recommend to people if you are shift workers, if you have disrupted sleep, if you have a puppy, or if you just have babies, kids, if you don't remember to take your temperature in the morning, because that was something I was hardcore struggling with. And my instructor introduced me to this little device, and I was like, okay, this is life-changing. So basically, it's an armband with a little um, device in there that you wear all night, and it tracks your average body temperature. And in the morning, you sync it with your phone, so there's no Bluetooth in the night. There's no emfs with that which is really good because i was really concerned about that but you sync it with your phone in the morning and once you sync it you then take those that data so all of those temperatures and you would put it into a charting app or you can chart it on paper whatever you choose to to do so i was using kendara app before it's completely free you can chart your temperature you can chart your cervical fluid you can chart sex you can chart symptoms all that kind of stuff your period flow It's really, really great, Um, but I'm using Read Your Body app right now, which is actually integrated with Temp Drop, so it can pull all the data automatically by the touch of a button, so you don't have to manually enter the numbers, which I was doing for a while. Um, So it's really, really quick and easy, and I love it. So that's what I use for tracking my basal body temperature. Um, But essentially, your basal body temperature will dip and then spike um, up high, at ovulation, and it will remain high for the second half of your cycle. So there's ways to confirm that with just making sure that you have, you know, X number of high temp days, um, and your temperature stays up high, but that will confirm that you've had ovulation. And once you've confirmed ovulation, you know that you can't get pregnant after the rest of this cycle. So I think it's really really amazing and it also is super helpful and insightful to our health too because you can see if your temperature is spikes up and is high that means you have ovulated and that you're going to have healthy progesterone if your temps are low and you don't ovulate that means that you're not ovulating or your progesterone is low and you're not getting that high temp um, and increased metabolism benefits that you get from progesterone in that second half so it's super helpful not only for making sure that you don't get pregnant, but it's also helpful for insightful for our health. And then down the road, if you do want to get pregnant, it's really helpful because you can tell when you are going to ovulate. So that's super helpful. It's also helpful for predicting if you're, when your period's going to come. So your temps will stay high, but they will dip down right before your period comes. So when your temperature goes down that day, you'll know, okay, my period's coming within one to three days. It's pretty cool. So that's one mechanism. And then I also track cervical fluid. So cervical fluid changes throughout your cycle. And this is something that I knew a little bit about prior to Doing my um, course with my instructor, but I really learned a lot more about the different types of cervical fluid and what they can look like throughout your cycle and how to tell. So as the closer you get to um, your ovulation, the most fertile fluid will be very slippery and egg whitey and stretchy when you pull your fingers apart. So I really, really highly recommend being in tune with this because it's so cool to see your body. And again, it's really cool because it can be used not only for avoiding pregnancy but also Um, conceiving down the road if you do want to have kids one day. So I find it super, super helpful. Um, But yeah, so those are the main ways that you can tell um, ovulation. And I really, really warn you from avoiding apps like Natural Cycles or even using the Daisy, any sort of app or device that says it can predict your ovulation, you should run really far from because you can't Predict ovulation. Um, No one can. You can only confirm it after it's happened. So I really, really urge clients and anyone that's following me to avoid that because it's really not accurate. It's just basically they're putting your info into a computer and trying to predict when it's going to happen, which it varies from person to person. No one is ovulating perfectly on day fourteen every single cycle. I ovulate. I tend to ovulate late, a bit later in my cycle. Um, and ovulation can be delayed for numerous reasons. It could be um, stress, lack of sleep, lack of nutrients. Um, all kinds of stuff can delay delay ovulation. But stress is a huge one. So really, really important because those computers, those databases, those algorithms don't take into account your uniqueness in your body. So you really can't predict ovulation. So I really recommend staying away from those because that is one way to get pregnant. (laughs) Um, if, and it also doesn't promote body literacy. So being aware of your body, being aware of your cervical fluid, your temperatures, and what's going on through your cycle. So that's why I highly, highly recommend that you, um, you know, Invest in an in instructor. Invest in books. Invest in courses. Whatever it might be, um, to learn more for yourself. So that's a huge thing that I would recommend. It just takes the stress away because you feel a hundred percent confident. I feel so confident. I know my period is gonna come because there's no way I could be pregnant. Um, because. I do fertility awareness method properly and I track things and we use backup protection when needed. So that's just what I recommend to reduce stress. Honestly, having a plan in place and and learning and educating yourself. Um, But the first steps I would take if you want to come off the pill would be, um, getting on the same uh, same uh, page as your partner. So making sure that they're aware of, okay, what's gonna go on? Do we have to use backup protection? Um, we're gonna have to learn a little bit first. It's gonna take a little bit of time to get the hang of it, whatever it might be, or you may have to invest in a few things and get them on, on board with you get educated. So again, follow people on Instagram, take courses, invest in an instructor, buy books. You know, there's so many things that you can do. Um, Get in the habit of tracking. So download the Kandara app. If you want to do it free, you can get the Kandara app totally free and start just getting in the habit of tracking your cycles um, and your symptoms. Even though on the pill, it's not a real normal cycle, normal bleed. You don't ovulate on the pill. It's just really helpful to get in the habit of tracking symptoms, tracking things, because you're going to be wanting to track a lot of it when you come off the pill. And then checking your calendar and making sure that you have time set aside to prioritize your health. So making sure that you, you know, have time that you can take to either learn more about your body, take time to slow down, to nourish your body, cook meals, rest, because it's a really stressful transition for your body. You know, you're going from having your cycles completely shut down, taking these synthetic hormones to okay, now we need to get that communication going up between the brain and the ovaries. And we need to nourish the body, replenish it and help it transition in that time. So, and get, and get everything back up and going again. So making sure that you have time to prioritize yourself, you know, make sure that your family or your partner or whoever is aware of what's going on so that they can support you too. Um, And yeah, just creating self-care habits, making sure that you are working with a practitioner or just educating yourself really so that you can feel your best and you know try to avoid a lot of the symptoms or things that may pop up um, just by preparing your body before you come off so making sure you're replenishing nutrients that you're managing stress prioritizing sleep making sure you're detoxifying all the excess hormones and all that is super super important but um yeah I that's really all I have to say about going off birth control and being safe and reducing a lot of that stress I think just being prepared being educated takes away a lot of stress a lot of unknowns and I think that's really the biggest stressor and, you know, thing that's going to freak you out is just the unknowns and just not being certain. But if you educate yourself, you're aware of what's going on, you know, you really can eliminate a lot of that stress when you are aware and you're confident in your decision and you're educated. So that is, those are all the tips that I have. I will leave all of the resources that I linked down below, um, books and, podcasts and people to follow and all that kind of fun stuff so I hope you guys have a wonderful wonderful Christmas and holiday season I know it's a really tough year so I'm thinking of all of you and I hope that you can make it special in some way and we will see you next week for our last podcast of 2020 which is wild but anyways I thank you guys so much for all the support for my small business and for the podcast and on Instagram I really really appreciate it it's tough being a business owner on a normal year, let alone during a pandemic year. So having your support and, you know, having that encouragement throughout the year has been so, so amazing, especially as I expand my business and different ventures, like physical products and different courses and eBooks and things. It's really, really appreciated to have that support and feedback that you guys give me. So thank you so, so much. If you are listening, definitely take a screenshot of the episode. Let us know what you think, tag me on Instagram, and I will have all the links down below and we'll see you next week for our last episode of 2020.